Good morning. Well, it's a, it's a great privilege this morning to be uh, leading us in our very last part of John. We've been on an amazing journey through John, and so, uh, and this morning really it's going to be about questions. Jesus asked a number of questions, we're going to focus on those, um, and I'm going to ask you some questions as well. So if you'd like to get your Bibles out, um, page 1090, 1090. I've got some slides as well, if I know how to use it. So, it's been an amazing journey we've been on in this, this Gospel of John, this, this, this amazing uh, story that John gives us, he reads us through. And I did some little statistics last night. Um, we started in March 2016. We've been going over that period about 13 months. And I, and I worked out that it was 36 Sundays. That's over a month of Sundays. I always wonder what a month of Sundays was, and I realise that's what it is. So there you go. So, so we've been a month of Sundays on this on this journey through John's Gospel, and it's been amazing. John has just given us so much, and we've had such such wonderful things out of it. And although that journey ends today, it ends with a beginning. What I really want to talk about as we go into this is to look at, at how these last few words between John and uh, sorry between. John reports between Jesus and Peter. Actually, Jesus asked some questions, and I think Jesus is actually taking us on a journey, and he's sort of saying to Peter, actually, you've got this in your head. It needs to get to your heart and then come out through your hands. It's this, it's this process that he's asking Peter to, to, to express this, to express what he knows about Jesus. And, of course, we, we've had that. We've had all that beautiful testimony and that evidence, and we've, we've got all that over these months. And really, you know, as he comes to the end, the risen Jesus here is challenging Peter. And he says, do you love me? If you love me, then show that. So, so that's where we're going to come through and, and you know, see the, that, that love in action, as it were. So I've got four questions. Jesus asks, and I thought I'd divide us up. So the right-hand side of church, I'd like you to look in verse 15. The centre in verse 16 the right in verse 17, I want you to find the question that Jesus asks. And then the balcony, you've got the difficult one. Unfortunately, it's not very many of you this morning, but I'm sure you'll manage. Verse 22. So in a minute, so if you can look in there and just find what is it that Jesus asks. He asks a specific question in each of those four places. And I'll just get you to call them out. Okay, so right-hand side. Do you love me? More than these. Thank you. In the centre of the church. Do you love me? The left-hand side is tricky. No cheating. Do you love me? You're correct. Right, okay, on the balcony. Now it's a challenging one. Let's go for it. What is it to me? Well, I asked you a question, and I expected you to give me the answer. And the answer is, no, I just tease. It is correct. What is that to you? What a strange question to finish with. And it, and it is. And there's a really weird ending to this. I, you know, it's, it's challenging. But before we delve into that, I just want to read the passage. Um, to show my great organization, I had for the last week in my head exactly who I wanted to read the passage. Forgot to ask them until this morning, and they're actually doing grit upstairs. So uh, there we go. You'll have to have me, unfortunately. So, starting from verse 15 in in John 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, 
Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said to him, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, rumour spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is a disciple who testified these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I would suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room for the books that would be written. So there we are, we're at the end of John's Gospel, and just that last sentence, you could talk about that for the whole session. It's just amazing, and I, I, but I thought about that, and I thought actually it would take us 13 years to get through John's Gospel if we went at that pace. So, so we won't spend all session on that. But actually it was that ending, and I was discussing with John a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this weird ending going on, this, this conversation between Peter, and he's worried about John, and Jesus is going, what's your problem here? And John gave me a really interesting thought. was actually, it's just Peter is distracted. Peter is the risen Jesus. And he's having this conversation. And he's worried about something else. Well, what's he doing? Jesus said, what's that got to do with you? I asked you a question. I've given you some instructions. And you're worrying about someone else. And it's that weird conversation. So, So starting on that fourth question... What is it to you? And, and, it, and, it, and, and discussing that made me think about some really good advice once given on, on reading the Bible by, by Jim Graham. You probably, many of you know, as a, a really good preacher. And he said, he challenged us to read the Bible through, and he said, the way to get through it is to not worry about the things you don't understand. Concentrate, put your effort on the things you do understand. Because the Spirit will explain what you need to know. And actually, if you approach it in that way you will be changed by it rather than constantly thinking, well, I wonder what this means, I wonder what that means, I don't understand, I don't understand. Rather, I do understand. If I understand this, then do something about it. And I feel actually Jesus is sort of saying that here. He's going, it doesn't matter to you what John is doing. I have just said to you some quite important things. Could you concentrate on those? So it's a, it's a, it's a really you know, interesting ending, what's going on in here. And so if you come today hoping for a great explanation of that, I'm sorry, I'm going to disappoint you. Because <laughs> actually I, I started to look and I thought oh, I was going to go and, and, and get some books and to really delve into that. But I really, I was almost stopped by the Spirit from going to do that. And so actually concentrate 
on what you know in here. And I thought, yeah, actually, it's very easy for us to go, oh, that's really interesting. What's going on here between John and Peter and Jesus? Actually, we're not going to go there this morning. And obviously, at some point, maybe we will, but not now. So we're going to concentrate on those three other questions. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? Do you love me? They all look pretty similar. They are pretty similar. Actually, in the original Greek, they're three slightly different words. Again, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there now. We're going to concentrate on on those three questions when Jesus asks, do you love me? So he asks three times. So what's the context of this? Well, of course, the context is the night Jesus was arrested in the garden. And Jesus says to Peter, you will deny me. He says, no, I won't. Not me. You will. You'll deny me three times before the cock crows. No, no, I won't deny you, says Peter. And, of course, we go through the Gospels. And actually, it's really interesting. This event is recorded in all four Gospels. And there aren't a lot of things that are recorded absolutely systematically in all four Gospels. And this is one of them, Jesus' denial of Jesus by Peter. And so Peter, of course, we know the story. He's got himself into the temple courtyard He's there by the fire, and one of the servants says, Oh, you're one of his mates, aren't you? No, not me, he says. I'm not not me. He he wasn't going to say that. But then again, it's you, isn't it, Peter? It's it's you. You're you're one of Jesus' friends. No, I'm not. And then the third time, and one of the accounts says, He swore. He absolutely, I'm nothing. I knew nothing about this person. Absolutely nothing. And then the cock crowed. And Peter is just crumbled. He's just done what he said he wasn't going to do. Have you been there? Have you been there? I've been there. You've just, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. I'm absolutely not going to say that. And all of a sudden you said it. But it's no surprise to Jesus. We know from that account, Jesus says, I know you're going to do this, Peter. I know you're going to do it. Peter's sure he's not going to do it, and he does it. And absolutely just, it's crushing for him. And, and I think, actually, you look at it, and you see Peter, Peter's carried that in his rucksack. Those three rocks, those three denials, have been a burden to him since he did it. And I thought, when I thought that thought, it was interesting, because, of course, Peter's name is the rock. And actually, he's carrying this. I denied Jesus. I said I'm his follower. I denied it. And yet I'm carrying them. And Jesus comes at this moment to restore him. So we've got these three denials. And then we've got the three restorations. Now I wanted to make a video this morning. But I, two weeks was no chance. And my last two weeks was absolutely no chance. So I'm going to do live action with a... Uh, as you know, I like to do visual aids. I just try, try and just imagine... A bit about this, really the whole gospel story, I just have this sort of such a picture of what's going on. And of course, if you imagine, we're in a world, the world is dark. There's darkness before Jesus comes. And actually we see that because Jerusalem, this is the center of the religious life for God. And it's not looking too good. And Jesus doesn't give it too great a, a vote of confidence in his time. But as John says in John 1, it says, a light comes into the darkness. There you go. See, I told you it would go wrong already. There you go. 
So Jesus comes into that place as a light. The light of the world comes into the, to the darkness that surrounds the world. And of course we start to see amazing things and we start to see followers. One of those is Peter. But he's can't like that, isn't he? So we start to see this light spread and we see other followers come too. They say, never work with children and animals, and now I'm adding candles to that list. <laughs> that will do, you get the picture. So there are others. This fire, that Jesus, this light that Jesus brings into the world is spread to others. The story of the 72 going out in our Gospels. What an amazing story. You just can't read that and think, wow, this is amazing. This is the light of the world. This is heaven come down. This is the kingdom come near. We start to see this light spread amongst the people, spread around that, around that land. Uh, you know, John says, you know, Jesus come. I am a light. I've come to be a light. But as we head towards the crucifixion, as we head towards that night in the garden, as we head into Jerusalem, and actually, some argue, if you, if you look through the, through the Gospels and you track the, the miracles, particularly in Mark, you start to see, as they approach Jerusalem, a less and less power being emphasized. Now, in fact, I was looking, and I think there's only one miracle, I think, recorded in Jerusalem, which is the, the, the year of the, the servant. I'm trying to think if there's any others, but... As Jesus comes closer to the heart of this blackness, as he comes into this unholiness of, of, of the, the religious authorities, we start to see these, these lights extinguished. Or not, as the case may be. So we start to see the blackness starts to overcome. It starts to envelop it. And of course, then in the temple courts, Peter himself... gets extinguished. Peter himself, who wasn't going to be, I was going to stand with you the whole time, Jesus. Even he succumbs to the darkness. Even he succumbs to that. And then, of course, as we travel on towards the cross, we travel on Jesus himself. Seemingly gets extinguished by the darkness. And we see the blackness of the world around. But, of course, that's not the end of the story. Because we're resurrection people. And Jesus is not extinguished. And as, as John says, the darkness has not overcome it. And Jesus is still there as a light. So this, just taking that on one border, now we're back and now Jesus says to Peter, I'm going to restore you. I can light that light again. I can restore you. No matter what you've done in your denial for me, I'm a God of restoration, and that's what it is. And we can be in that place. We can have been in that place with Peter. We can have said the things we didn't want to say. We could have done the things we don't want to say. We cannot look like we love Jesus. We can even look like we don't even know who Jesus is. That's what it's like. But Jesus says, I can restore you. I can relight that candle. And, I, and, and if anybody wants to light a candle later on, I'm going to leave these down here. I hope nobody sets fire to themselves, but I'm going to leave them down here. You know, feel free to come and light up a candle if you want to, you know, do that restoration as a symbol. Just come and, uh, and light a candle. Do it on talking or, 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 or later. 
So he relights that candle in this place. And, and, and he asks a question to do that. We go back, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Now Peter's a bit miffed because Peter knows he loves him. Jesus knows that Peter loves him. But it sort of doesn't look like that, does it? You know, if you're there in the temple courts and Peter said three times he doesn't even know who he is, you wouldn't say, oh, he obviously loves Jesus, doesn't it? It doesn't come across that way from, from the conversation. And it made me think about actually what's the demonstration, what's being shown here? I got exciting, I got to know it's probably in 15 days, very exciting that Alice, my wife and I, are celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. So this is really exciting. I'm part of that journey. We've been on, on various marriage course. We've been on one particular marriage course. Um, we went to Riverside Church, really recommend it. I don't know if they still do it, but they do it at uh, Highfield. But it's fantastic because love and marriage is something you have to work at. You have to, you have to make, it, make it work. And part of that course talks about love languages. It talks about the languages that you each other use to express and to receive love. And that's really important. And I think actually there's something of that in here in what Jesus is saying to Peter, is how do you express your love? So the course talks about different sorts of ways of expressing love, how you receive it. Um, Alice had no idea that I was going to do this today, but last night she expressed one of my love languages because I got in a panic about some of the jobs I was trying to get done. And I had to go off and do something else. And I came back and she was doing my jobs for me. And I realized that, she was expressing her love for me. And that meant a huge amount. So it's a real, you know, and, and she did that without any prompting because she didn't know what I was going to say this morning. So thank you. But, you know, and that's what it is. So I know that Alice loves me by some of those things. I actually know she loves me anyway. But our perception and our realities aren't always the same. And, and, and there's the challenge of actually how to express. So going back to Peter, is Peter looking like he loves Jesus. No, he's not. He's, he's denied him. He's actually sworn he doesn't even know who he is. And yet here he is, saying, of course I love you, Jesus. So Jesus then gives him some instructions. He says, feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. Feed my lambs. He said, these are the things that I want you to do to show me that you love me but to show the world that you love me. And it struck me that that same question could be asked of us. Do we look like we love Jesus? Now you see, I love Amanda's hat, and she's wearing it today, again, this completely unprompted, that says, I love Jesus. But if you talk to Amanda, you know she loves Jesus, because within a few minutes of a conversation, she will be telling you about Jesus. I don't think Amanda would ever deny she knew Jesus, and, and there's that communication. And I, I, I thought another, you know, Denise is, came, was baptized here beautifully a week ago, wasn't it? Um, was just, you know, her, her expression of love for Jesus happens on the streets to the homeless. You know, I, I thought the hat for Amanda and the gloves for Denise, if you've ever heard the story of her buying gloves for people without even knowing it, and then finding she was giving these gloves to people. That's an expression of Jesus' love, and you look at it and you go, actually, yeah, you love Jesus. It's clear. So just as we you know, finish off now, is, is, is we're going to have some songs in a minute. Um, 
I'm saying the candles are still here. If you, you know, if you want to talk about restoration, that Jesus is the God who restores. And as we look at the risen Jesus, we've got to remember we often focus on, the, on you know, seeing Jesus on the cross, but actually we focus on him as the risen Jesus. We have a Jesus with scars, but no grudges. He bears no grudges. He takes the rocks out of Peter's rucksack and says, it's okay, I knew you were going to do that, but I will restore you. And I will restore you so many times. And I'm sure many of us have been there and many of us need to go there time and time again. I went this week to a place that I was restored once before and it's just amazing to go back and think, yes, this was the place, Lord, that you restored me in a certain circumstance and a certain thing. So as we look at that, as we think about these songs and we just think about that risen Jesus, we just think ourselves by him by the lake and we're there with Jesus. And we're not worried about John. We're not worried about anything else. We're not worried about the things we understand. We're worried about Jesus. And if he asks us that question, do you love me? What's the answer? If the answer's no, or if the answer's maybe, then I'm going to go to the back after this for the song. Come and I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to talk with you to give you maybe a reason to think about why the answer should be yes or why the answer could be yes. So I'd invite you to do that if the answer is no. But if the answer is yes, which for many of us it will be, if the answer is yes, what is the love language that Jesus is asking you to demonstrate that yes with? What does yes look like in your circumstance? What does yes look like in your lives? What does yes look like in your workplace, in your community, in your family? What does yes look like? Jesus, I love you, look like. So, I'll hand over to the band. Thank you.